Welcome to, welcome to geopolitics in conflict, breaking news once again. What's going on, Elizabeth? What's going on? I know <laughs> a lot. A great, huh? <laughs> there's a lot going on. Indeed, but indeed. That's a great question. And, uh, and thank you, David, for asking it. But what's going on uh, that I think is particularly, particularly interesting. I'm so, I'm so interested in it. I'm, I'm like getting really excited. Yeah. But uh, Ray Dalio, uh, who, you know, love him or hate him, he just wrote an article that mm -hmm. he uh, put on LinkedIn, and it's called The Changing World Order, The New Paradigm. And I wanted to go over this article because, quite frankly, it's a lot of what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So that there are, the way that he outlines it is that in his perspective, there are three main things that are contributing or causing basically the world order to shift around. And mm -hmm. the world sort of as we knew, as we know it, change fairly drastically. And one of the things that he talks about is that this has actually happened a bunch of times throughout history. And we know that to be true. We know that, you know, there, there was the great British colonies, you know, France used to be on top. There are very many other countries who used to sort of be on top. And now the paradigm is changing again. The US was on top, but we're seeing this huge rise mm -hmm. of China. And, you know, there, so there's a lot in here. So let's dive right into great. some of the things that he says. So what is the first one? The wow. first thing that he brings up in terms of you know, what's causing this new global order? What's causing this paradigm shift? And the first thing is, uh, it, he says it's big debt and debt monetization, particularly in the world's reserve currency, which is the US dollar. dollar. Uh, so I want to show this chart because the most important thing, you know, he he's an investor, right? And, and of course, all of these are property of Bridgewater and of Ray Dalio but I think these are really good charts. So I wanted to show them to you. The mm -hmm. most important thing that I want to point out right here is this money supply surge. So the United States has been printing money, printing money like, like wild. And, you know, we see the results of it, right? We see the inflation, we see the massive debt spiral that the United States is in right now, but the mm -hmm. United States isn't alone. <laughs> I know other countries do too. Yeah. Right. But, but at least for us in the US, we printed so much for the last three years or so. I, I look, I, I found right. some stats that indicates that almost 40% <laughs> we printed so much money that even if you go back right. to the beginning of the United States, we have never accumulated that much debt. So we end up right. printing so much. Yeah. And that's that's the stats that I find also is that we've printed about 40 percent of all money, all wow. money that was printed wow. uh, was printed in the last I think it was year, two years. Exactly. Um, and that is a result of, you know, we all know what's been going on. Exactly. Uh, that's been re the result of the government's reaction to what's been going on. So, uh, so that's a huge factor, but yeah. what's happening is that as this money is being printed, you know, mm -hmm. people have more money. There's more money obviously circulating, but it's mm -hmm. worth less. So, you know, that's why people's income can go up, but their buying power is, is dropping. Yeah. So he talks about a bunch of things in here, but really 
the big thing is that it's it's not smart to own cash if you're an investor it's not necessarily smart to own cash and or bonds for that matter mm -hmm. uh, and that really to keep your purchasing power you kind of have to actively be investing and that's a big thing because in the united states and in most of the world and i don't i don't see most people investing I see a small percentage yeah. of people who really understand investment investing, but the rest of everybody else, you know, is yeah. keeping their cash in the bank. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let me ask you a question about that one. So is that apply also to if you keep your money in a bank, you will be losing? Yeah. So first of all, I'm not an economist and I'm not an investor and none of this is investment advice. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, we're just talking I just to pay you. attention yeah. to what's You're going right. on. So that out mm -hmm. of the way, so you're not getting, um, you're not getting interest or it's oh, extremely low okay. for keeping your money in the bank. So if inflation and, you know, the government said inflate and the fed said inflation was transitory. Well, now it turns out no. it's not transitory. <laughs> oh, it's 2%. Oh, wait, maybe it's more than that. So there's no, um, there's no bank account. I think that you could possibly find that'll give you the same amount in interest mm -hmm. that inflation is growing. So ultimately you're losing purchasing power, but there's, this is really complex. So I don't want to dive too far into it, you're right. You're right. but, um, but yeah, so, so there's, there is purchasing power that gets lost just because of the nature of, of inflation and the fact that what you are, that you're not getting any interest. And so your money yeah. is just kind of sitting there and it's losing value, right? Less than exactly. It's, it's becoming value. less and less valuable. <laughs> Um, the next thing that I actually mm -hmm. want to point out, so, you know, we know that printing money, we know that this debt, this debt situation is, is not sustainable. And in the interview that we're going to release with Greg Foss tomorrow, you know, we talked about, can the United States come back from, uh, the amount of debt that there is. And his take was no, the United mm -hmm. States cannot come back from that. So ultimately, his take was that fiat currency is going to fail. And mm. he pointed to historically, all fiat currencies fail. So we talk about Bitcoin and Bitcoin yeah. being the solution to that. Yeah. But the next thing. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, Senator Elizabeth. Just to add to this point that you yeah. mentioned, because when I read the article that uh, Ray Dalio published, it's this exact one that you mentioned that historically speaking we look back then when the dutch the gilded dutch you know used to be at the top mm -hmm. then comes after right. it the british the pound then the us dollar right so the so i see your point i see your point all right so let's uh let's go next into what i think is maybe the biggest issue right now and and that is the internal conflicts over wealth and value gaps. Wow. So let me pull up this very, very good chart where he talks about the income inequality between the top 0.01% and the top 10% and then, you know, the bottom 90%. So wow. if you look at where we are right now, you know, there's there's historically been 
a pretty big gap, right? Except for over here in the 30s. But mm -hmm. there's a historic, if you look at this chart, there's a historically big gap between the bottom 90% owning more mm -hmm. and the top 10% or the top 0.1% owning less. But look at where we are right now. Wow. So, oh my gosh. Wow. you know, and, and I think the truth is ultimately that people can feel that. You know, people people can feel the difference between, you know, not not really owning anything, having things be sort of priced out of the everyday person's ability to pay for them. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about electricity going up, gas prices going up. You know, if you're part of the top 10 percent, you don't care if gas prices go up. Hmm. Right. But if you're part of the 90%, you care wow. that gas prices are going up. Wow. That is, that is very indicative of where things are today in our mm -hmm. society here. And I think this is not just in the U S this is on global level. Right. It is. I, wow. it is definitely at the global level. So that's a really big problem. And it's something that we talk about on this channel all the time. All right. The next thing that I want to talk about is the that he brings up is the uh, conservative versus so basically um, Republican versus Democrats. Mm. And this is their ideological positions and how different they are. So there's a huge gap here yeah. between the ideology of the conservative versus the less conservative. So Democrat and Republican look how far apart these ideologies wow. are hmm. it's it's the furthest apart that it's ever been because even here at the 1900s it wasn't this far apart or it's close right but yeah. it wasn't as far so you know you're looking at the two-party system that we yeah. have right now being yeah. completely polarized yeah. being on opposite ends of the spectrum and we can see that here you know, there there are there are very clear differences between red states and blue states. And a lot of the policies that have been enacted over the last two years, yeah. I think, have exacerbated that to a really extreme position. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a huge divide between the Republicans and the Democrats in this country. And, you know, and in, in my personal opinion, I actually feel like both are two sides of the same coin. Same coin. You're right. But um, but that's the politis politicization politica politicization. I'm there sorry, we go. Guys. You got it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> wow. Uh, of of almost every topic, it's it's either one end of the spectrum or the other, and you can see that reflected in this chart here. But when you have two parties that are this opposed, yeah in what they want i think this is set up for um something not great can i use the term chaos <laughs> i i think so it's you know human nature people want to belong to something that's true and you know even if they don't necessarily everything that, um so i think that's part of what we're so sort of torpedo everything the democrats were hoping for and all of a sudden they are now on the opposite ends republicans mm -hmm. and democrats and 
and that's exactly to your point uh, that the graph reflects reflects that through the the policies emanating from congress so. yeah and and when it's so divided it's really hard for anything to get done yeah and you know you pit people who are all part of the same country against each other and that is that's not healthy that's not a healthy way forward but a lot of our viewers you guys ask you know what's happening in the united states with you know do people know about this political thing or do people know about this political thing well uh, the truth is that some the the there is a lot of clashing that's going on right now mm -hmm. between mm -hmm. these two political parties and there's a lot of vilification so you know one side says the other side is the reason for all of their problems yeah. and that's that's unreasonable at best yeah because then nobody is willing to sit down and have an open and honest conversation mm -hmm. it's because if you uh, express your opinion or you state the facts or you say the truth and the other party doesn't like it you become the enemy and since when Absolutely. have we become like this you know that's Absolutely. the sad part that's very well, sad and you know so the next part of this is mm -hmm. something that we actually talked about in the elon musk video and that is taxation because mm. of the government debt spiral because of the amount of, of debt that, that the u.s government has right now you know, they're raising taxes and, you know, part of Build Back Better, I think, was in the budget for uh, don't quote me on this exact number, but I think it was 87,000 new IRS tax tax agents, basically. It was around that number, mm -hmm. Elizabeth. Yeah. which is huge, huge. Uh, that's that's absolutely huge and you know the argument was for was saying that that was for the wealthiest people but that's the wealthiest people have their own you know they have their own oh, yeah. set of tax people who who handle just them so that was basically for everybody else that was for us hmm. but the issue is that even if you taxed all the billionaires in the world 100 percent, it still would not cover even a drop of what the national debt is no. even if you took all their money away and used it for taxes it would not touch the amount of debt that we have exactly. so uh, so you know mm -hmm. the average person every the average person is also getting taxed higher and higher but even if you tax the average person a hundred percent it, we, it wouldn't touch that debt yeah. either so yeah. there's there's not enough taxes mm. in this country mm -hmm. to pay off that debt which is why money printing is is a really big thing um all right so then the last part is external conflicts most importantly the rise of a great power china to the existing power great power the us and david wow. i think you can speak to this mm. a lot david are you there guys i think we may have lost david yeah no, we got cut right. off but we're back we're back, okay. we're back. Yeah. <laughs> it went out for a second so so i didn't hear the last part elizabeth 
What was the last uh, part? The last part is basically that the United States, which is the current great power, is getting replaced mm -hmm. by China, which is the up and coming great power. And oh. I said you would have you would have a lot to talk about in that regard. Uh, and I wanted to share with you this chart that Ray Dalio also has, and that is the um, it's it's the rise and fall of. <laughs> empires over mm -hmm. the last 500 ish years mm -hmm. and if you can see that it happened with the dutch uh, well the chinese were up here the chinese is in red the dutch and then yeah. they fell and then the british and then they fell and now the united states and you can see the rise of china is it's inevitable that's correct yeah well that's part of that geopolitical change or the dynamics that is what's interesting about that is that the financial aspects is one of the tools of how you gauge a country's ascendancy to uh, or or sent to great power shall we say so what we are witnessing right now with the usually in the west we use the term rise of china usually is the rejuvenation because right in china that's the term they use in the west we use the term rise because some of us not all i shall not generalize of course are not familiar with china's history you know this is why we use the terms that they are familiar into the context of the culture in the west here so so yeah geopolitically speaking that change in the dynamics uh, the the monetary aspects of it plays a role into that like you mentioned earlier with the idea of the dutch the guild was mm -hmm. the currency then after that became the british pound then after that the us dollar and we all saw how it all was established after World War II, when the United States, the U.S. dollar, became the global currency by which the U.S. manages, or can we use the term "control the global economy"? If we will, I think and so. I think we will use the term. So, and this is why the fear in the United States about are we seeing uh, the uh, Bretton Woods II? Another word, another system that's going to have to be reorganized but not to the favor of the united states the question with that that we need to ask is will that lead to a military conflict well and i think ultimately the answer is this so this is uh is gdp for mm -hmm. 2021 and if you look at it the united states and china are the two biggest indeed and by yeah. by by far so the United States at 22.9 trillion and China at 16.8 trillion. Mm. So, you know, when you look at, is there going to be a war, for example, uh, look at, and, and a lot of this goes back and forth, right? So the United States pays China for goods. Indeed. Yeah. But what's interesting that a lot of people here in the United States do not understand and, and, and big corporations here, in mm -hmm. the united states still the wind business in china and we'll keep the right. wind business in china you know the government despite what you if you happen to be uh, 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 an american watching this uh, mm -hmm. know this because this is the truth whatever policies whatever statements emanating from the white house or washington they are completely opposite to what the reality is you know? yes yeah it was last time tim cook from apple was in china uh, Elon Musk has some of his stuff in China. Yeah. You know, most of the big corporations, 
they are doing business in China because the bottom line is the profit. And right. And and I I really love that you brought that up because you know Elon Musk just uh, just opened a new Tesla store. Yeah. In uh, yeah. in in a play in in Shenzhen, Xinjiang. Sorry. Xinjiang. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I apologize. You for got it. Not incorrectly, it. but it's Xinjiang. And you know he he's come under fire, but ultimately you're absolutely right. You know when when we look at large corporate interests, it doesn't matter what they say. Exactly. What matters is that they'll follow the profits and they are, they are doing that. And we can see that because this, a huge part of China's GDP, where does that come from? It comes from here. Indeed. And U.S. companies are not changing their policies in regards to China, regardless of what the policies are making, like you just said. That's true. And that becomes also the question of uh, this leads me to talk about one point that we like to share with our viewers has to do with the Thucydides trap. I don't know mm. if you're familiar with this. I'm sure some of our viewers might be uh, or they are inter uh, they know about Thucydides trap. Well, usually that's usually what it is in, 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 in a simple uh, word in here is when uh, an emerging power tried to replace a sitting power. Yeah, which is the true example of the United States and China. You know, could this lead to a war? That's yeah. remain to be seen. Well, let's hope it does not. But the fact that when we take this, the source of this article coming from Ray Dalio as an yeah. investor, a billionaire, uh, you can just see the importance of understanding how much geopolitics impacts the financial market. And and you're absolutely right because basically this in, this entire thing is geopolitics. Indeed, and this, this is where people need to understand geopolitics. Here, some of them said, "Well, this has nothing to do with me." You know, it does. It trickles down, all the way down to the bottom. Absolutely, and and it does have everyday implications. Like we're talking about, uh, we're talking about inflation, for example. Mm -hmm. That's an everyday thing that impacts you, whether you pay attention to geopolitics or not. Yeah, because it, when you go to grocery store to buy stuff, mm -hmm. you just like a few months ago, you paid for something, let's say ten bucks. All of a sudden, it's fifteen. Right. And you said to yourself, "How that happened?" Right. And it happens for it happens for geopolitical reasons. And, exactly. you know, Biden, uh, Biden talked about easing the supply chain, right? Because uh -huh. there are less ships outside that were docked. And last I checked, it wasn't that there were less ships docked outside of Los Angeles and Long Beach. It's that those ships were told that if they didn't move outside of the waters that were technically considered Los Angeles or Long Beach, they would be fined. So they all moved over the horizon so you couldn't see them anymore. And then oh. it was reported that there were fewer ships docked and that the supply chain had been eased. <laughs> How the government find it convenient <laughs> because this is where manipulation is all about. You know, they find it very convenient to an mm -hmm. average Joe, average Jane is not going to be thinking in these terms. Right. You know, uh, uh, it gets under my skin when I hear that the government is embarking on this kind of lies to, yeah. even for us here so it's unfortunate but i do find this very very interesting these three points you you tackle mm -hmm. they are exactly what is going on right now and for us to understand those dynamics how they interact with each other 
Yes. That is the big picture that we hope to provide our viewers with this. The whole reason why we're doing what we're doing is to assist them with this understanding. And speaking to what you're what you just said, David, you know, this this we're watching this happen in real mm -hmm. time. Right. There is a paradigm shift that's happening. There is a shift. There is a big change in the world that's happening. And, you know, and I, I think I, I don't know what's possible and what's not possible. Mm -hmm. But I know that with an intention to move forward um, better, mm -hmm. to, to do better for humanity, I think we have a greater chance of getting there. So you know i i know that manufacturing coming back to the united states might change a lot um and i know that partnerships like for example politically with china because we already have the business partnerships they're already there whether you like them or not whether you agree with them or not they're mm -hmm. already there and it doesn't matter what's what's being accused what i'm sure that there are human rights violations in china there are human rights violations all over the world i'm mm -hmm. sure that that's happening Mm -hmm. But ultimately, business has chosen and ultimately the world is run by money. And I don't personally agree with that. I think it should be run by well-being of, of people, mm -hmm. but it's not. And, and so I think it's important to pay attention to the shift that's happening the way that it's happening, not the way that we want it to be, to be. but really take mm -hmm. a look at what's happening so that we can move forward in a way that with our eyes open because it's only when you really know mm. the truth of what's going on that you can make the best decisions for yourself. Indeed, and that was the whole objective of why we're doing what we're doing here mm -hmm. with this channel here is, you know, provide our viewers the best information to the best of our abilities, to the best of our knowledge. We confirm the accuracy and, and the truthfulness of the information before we air it out to our viewers, but also, at the end, it's up to them to decide what to take and what not to take. Uh, we can reach the conclusion for them. We are not going to reach a conclusion for anybody, yeah. but, but we'll provide the information and let them decide for their own. So anything to add, Elizabeth, before we leave? Uh, just that I hope that this was informative and, and that you know a lot of what we've been talking about coming from a different place coming from you know ray dalio like i said at the beginning like him or hate him yeah you know he is one of the world's most successful investors and he did that by paying attention geopolitically to what's going on in the world and so to hear him or to see him write something mm -hmm. like this mm -hmm. i felt like it was important for people to know it and to see it and you can agree with it or not, but I wanted to make sure that you guys had this information. Indeed. Well, like I always say, we'll present two sides of the arguments mm -hmm. from our guests to articles like this. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna say it to make everybody feel good. That's not what we are about. We mm -hmm. are about the facts and the truth, and that's what we do. So uh just for our viewers, remember to check us out at geopolitics.com. Uh, local.com because we are on locals there and also for our check out our membership at geopoliticsinconflict.com uh, uh, that's usually for our members uh, and where we have membership you see it there at the bottom of the screen and uh, we're going to be doing a presentation for our members we're preparing on it we're working on it and for friday remember to join us for our regular 
live stream at 1100 hours. So we look forward to seeing you all. And as always, stay informed. Until next time. Bye-bye.